pandemic got us into a reflective space and made us look inward to see what we can do for the world at large. As a self-expression coach, I became a catalyst for women and started Vani, a one-on-one -on -one coaching program for women on finding their voice, to speak up, to be visible. As a storyteller, I spotted there were many ordinary people amongst us leading extraordinary lives, making a difference to the world, and they needed to be heard. Thus was born You and I with Rashmi Shetty, where amazing personal journeys with their uniqueness and individuality are showcased. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. Our guest today is Aravindan Arumugam, an origami transformation coach and the founder of Unfold and Rewire 3691 system. He's on a mission to help 1 lakh adults to experience an epiphany to discovering their life's purpose using the art of paper folding. Armed with the meticulous complexities of the West and the chaotic simplicity of the East, Aravindan exchanges his ideas and techniques through workshops and masterclasses on origami, visual effects and philosophy. Listen in as he shares his amazing life and influences that made him a filmmaker, origami artist and a palmist too. A pleasure always, Aravindan, to have a conversation with you. A chance meeting in a webinar and uh, thank you so much for agreeing to be on You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Learned a lot about origami from you and loved the concept of how much is folded in a person in the way you unfolded so much for me. So a pleasure, welcome. And I'm very curious to know what little Arvindan was to the Arvindan Arumugam that the world knows today. Uh, thank you so much, Rashmi. Yes, lovely to be here. And okay, so let's rewind and um, uh, tell you. So I was, uh, my dad was in the Air Force and I was born in London. And so little, I was there about three months, I think three months or six months or whatever. And uh, so that was in the seventies, early seventies. Then they came and since we were in the, uh, dad was in the Air Force, we had a, you know, a job uh, which you get keep getting posted to various places. So that had a fantastic effect mm. on me. That was, that was a fun part of uh, making new friends and uh, you know connecting to new friends every few years okay so so there's nothing uh, permanent you're not attached to something for a long time you learn to uh, you know detach and attach and mm -hmm. you you know at that point of time so and um, dad had a huge influence on me you know so he he was uh, a multifaceted person and a lot of that uh, thing has come into both of us i have one elder brother and uh, so he's about he's Arulmani, he's about six years older than me. So, and uh, so there's the two brothers are completely different. And although a lot of people look, say that we look similar or a lot of other features which are common, but in terms of like, he's, you know, everything is perfect, regular, and, <laughs> and I'm the chaotic person. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> so, 
Okay, I'm really curious, Arvindan, you carry yourself really light. Was this also something that came from the ability to attach and detach very fast in the way you speak, in the way you connect to people? You make it very simple for communication. Right, Was right. this uh, something that you derive from the attachment, detachment uh, attitude? where you said that because of the regular transfers, you are able to attach very fast and detach very fast. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, that must be the exposure, but that must be something which I had caught in my subconscious because I'm sure there's so many uh, people in the defense forces. So, and uh, a lot of people in the you know, semi-public sector who also have transferable jobs, but not everybody would be getting that vibe part of it. So I was always, uh, and even today, I was, I, I, uh, I'm more a fun, kind of a person, you know, so, so I'm innovating and inventing and trying something new at every point of time. And that is an, uh, you know, effervescent quality, which I have. And uh, so if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. It's, it's, it's simple as that. You know? so it's, it needs to be fun. Everybody needs to be fun with me. Everybody needs to play. You know? So that's the whole thing. So there was where we had a super HMM camera at home, you know, so at that point of time, it was a big thing to have a movie camera today people have it in the phone so we had a movie camera at home and dad had filmed me and we filmed the kids also right besides the uh, the charlie chaplin uh, so we had the lauren hardy films okay and we had the man on moon and all these uh, and so we had a projector at home and an editing uh, table in the projector so it was a big thing to have this whole show the whole uh, we used to call everybody in and have a party and there's a movie going on at home. You know? So in that, there's me crawling on, uh, you know, trying to get a magazine. Okay, so, so I had the same bushy, crazy hair, little baby trying to crawl and get that magazine. And the moment I come to that magazine, they pull it away. Okay, so so in any normal baby would be crying, right? Okay, I was like, oh, what the hell is that? And like a cat, okay, so how did it move? <laughs> okay, so. So I go and get that. So that is the curiosity it's always been. So, and you, I kept, the whole movie was, I kept going after that magazine. <laughs> so, so it kept getting away and I kept going after it. And there was no crying. There was no, so, so most of my pictures are like, even childhood pictures are grinning all the way. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Okay. That's a lovely attitude to carry. Because I think uh, life keeps challenging us. But if you can smile back, I think life finally gives it. Right. <laughs> so what has your childhood schooling and college years been like? Okay, so, um, yeah, so I was in school in, uh, in Kendra Vidyalaya, that is, which is connected to the defense forces most of the time. So, so I was in, uh, I think, so sometime in Gorakhpur and Delhi, and then Avadi, and then towards the end, it was Coimbatore. So most of my schooling happened in Coimbatore because my dad retired in Coimbatore. Okay, so all my, I would say, uh, 10th, 12th, and that maybe almost say some uh, fifth onwards was from in Coimbatore. Okay, so, and then also I did, uh, again, my college was in Coimbatore. So that was, I would say, the fun years. <laughs> okay, so this was 89, 89 to 92. I, I joined Botany. Okay, so. So I did a BSc botany and I did a diploma in interior decoration during the uh, weekends. Okay, so so now you would say why botany and what the hell is this and what is this connection, right? Okay, so okay, so so this is how it works. So you would get a good character sketch of. Uh, so in I was a big uh, rebel 
in in the class so so if there was no application or logic to it then i am not learning it okay so 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 this was a big problem in sanskrit okay so we had sanskrit and they used to teach this aham aham gayam or something something like that in those terms and there's no way you're going to speak in sanskrit even after learning sanskrit all your school life you're not going to speak or converse so it made no sense <laughs> okay to to ratify that <laughs> that whole thing right so so i failed in sanskrit in 10th okay so okay. now but there was a subject called supw i don't know if many people yeah, know yeah, it yeah. it is socially useful productful work okay so basically do all the craft and all those things so i used to score great marks and that's so because of that one you're still pass even if you fail in one subject you're still considered pass so so in my 10th i went and saw 10 commandments before the exam <laughs> okay so and i failed in sanskrit in my 12th i saw last emperor before the exam <laughs> okay so and do, do, do they have any connection to the boards <laughs> sorry sorry do 10 commandments in last emperor have any connection yeah, to yeah it's the a great film right <laughs> it's such a fantastic film and my parents my 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 father was a movie buff and i say 10 commandments have to go i said okay go <laughs> so yeah so that's how it was I, and last emperor was the film which i saw and i failed in maths okay so the maths the reason i failed maths was uh, uh, i think 60% of the marks was the differentiation and and integration which made no sense because uh, you know uh, you have a formula and you derive and there was a there was a classmate of mine who could write that thing backwards okay so i said what the hell is this okay, you don't even have the question and you go backwards okay so so and um, so at and now the same formula i used to take it home and my dad used to you know he was a, a physics honors he has also done his mba and uh, you know and a lot of college students used to come for the project and learn from him. okay so and um, on an honorary thing lots of people used to keep coming there so so he had this fx100 calculator so way back in 1988 it's a casio calculator which had all the scientific stuff so if i just type those numbers in the calculator it gave the answer okay at home so i said why the hell are you writing eight steps when you press a button you have the answer okay so 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 again i left 60% of marks from 100 okay so and out of 40 i got some uh, 32 or something you need to get 35 to pass so as, as far as i am concerned that's a great score i made some 85% marks okay so, <laughs> but they considered it as a fail <laughs> okay so, but i'm still passed because of supw so so when i reached college it says okay what do you get for this okay but my biology scores are very high so so they say you can get botany or zoology and uh, um, you know so i said okay give me zoology no you get only botany i said okay give me botany <laughs> that's so the whole thing was. and that said look you need to minimum you need to do a graduation okay after that do whatever you want to do okay right so and in order to join the film school there were only two film schools okay one was in the film institute pune or which is there and one was the film institute in chennai okay so and these are the only film schools at that time. and you, for both you needed a graduation for uh, to join the direction course so i said okay so let's do this and that's So it was pretty clear what I was going to do. <laughs> I was going to become a filmmaker. I wanted to do direction, and that's how it was. Okay, but what drew you to films right uh, from the beginning? What gave you that clarity that uh, 
you're going to do films, you're going to be a director. Uh, from where did that uh, motivation come? It's okay, so not from it was, family. Uh, okay, one thing was these, the subconscious mind of having a Super 8 mm camera at home. Okay, yeah. having a DSLR and another still camera, a Yashika at home. So, and daddy had a processing lab in the village. So back then the black and white kind of, a and the, you know, the gold uh, tones and sepia tones. So <laughs> he had the bellows camera and processing lab back in the village he had showed us all those so oh. so his fascination for uh for photography and cinematography right so okay and so that was one and uh but more than and my brother used to take stills he carried it from my father father also used to do all these things but i was more interested in the moving picture rather mm. than the still image so, mm. and i saw star wars and when i saw star wars i was like completely fascinated by star wars and then there was these kids in the air force who had not seen and who are just younger than me. So I'm talking about, I am in this sixth grade or something, you know, sixth or seventh grade. And these kids must be in the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And I am telling them the whole Star Wars epic by storytelling. And this happened, you know, this happens in the period of a, uh, six months or a year with sound effects and every, every evening meeting and I'm telling every single detail of this, this movie after the movie is running. So I became a storyteller, right? So then and there mm. as a kid storyteller, I'm bringing them into that world. Okay, so, mm -hmm. so, and I read about visual effects and read about George Lucas' story and Spielberg's story way back then. There was one huge book of industrial light and magic in, in Landmark. Okay, so, and this uh, book was like stupidly expensive. It was also, uh, you know, very heavy, right? So, so I used to go to that, Book. I'm not buying the book. It's very clear that I'm not buying the book in a bookstore. So I used to go and sit there in one corner and pick up and read it one page. And, and that guy will not disturb me. He knows I'm not going to buy that book. But so, so that was one huge fascination which I had towards. And I also was a science. Uh, I was fascinated by anything which is magic. And yes, I also used to do magic, magic tricks. Okay, so, so that was something which was there. I used to do... Um, origami that's something which you know from childhood i used to do watercolor painting and i used to do pen and ink i used to do this pen and uh, you know pin and thread that artwork so and then i was an ornithologist i was a when i joined botany i joined the nature club and wwf world wildlife fund i got a job from center for environment education which i refused and, uh, which was at that point of time it was you know what people would have called a secured government job but, but i got the film school and that's how I went there. <laughs> so, uh, like I told you right at the beginning, you come across as a very light person, and people find a lot of challenge with communication. What kept your communication so easy on you? You don't seem um, to be having somebody being somebody who was very hesitant to speak your mind. You were very clear, a rebel when things didn't speak back to you. So what was this two-way process in communication that was there in every decision of yours? Everything should speak back to you, otherwise you don't take it. Yeah, yeah, even, yeah, that's so clear, right? Like I find that uh, even now it's, it's um, like I'm seeing your image and that's why I'm able to converse, okay? So yeah, yeah. Suppose you put off your camera, I'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> Who am I talking to, right? Okay, so, so I can make uh, friends in the lift in the elevator, okay? So. Mm -hmm. I find it extremely crazy that you know in an elevator there are like five six people and everybody's looking and looking at the numbers waiting for the numbers especially if it's a long lift you're waiting for the numbers okay and nobody is saying anything okay yeah, so, yeah. so I have made friends right in the elevator okay so I'm the one who will crack that thing and 
going, hey, what, what's happening? Blah, blah, blah. And some people get, mm. <laughs> okay. So, yes. So, yeah. So, I, I am talkative, super talkative about what I do. <laughs> and so, that, that's easy because, uh, and so, also, when I'm doing counseling and stuff like that, that becomes very easy for somebody to warm up. Uh, to warm up right yeah. uh, the right word so um to so get to so it's an easy person okay great and then after that you get into the subject and when you get into the subject i am not so funny <laughs> okay so i then i get very serious and very into details so so the guy who's funny can also get into extreme details okay mm -hmm. and uh, and like when i'm in the shooting spot or when i'm doing a particular job i'm very very exacting so mm -hmm. So I'm uh, at that point of time. I'm like, uh, there's no compromise on uh, on quality or whatever you're doing. So, so that is um, so. So the job is a different thing, and or trying to get a particular target is a different thing. But being a human being is a different. Thing. So, so that it's, is uh, very true. But this is a nice mix, uh, Arvindan, because recently I was reading about Pablo Picasso. He was talking about how. When he gets into his art space, which is around about two in the afternoon till about dusk when he's there, he says that I leave my physical body outside the room like Muslims leave their footwear and enter the space. So here is this creator, genius, who connects completely from the soul. And how would you see yourself in these spaces? Because origami is so much focus that uh, thread and the paint on paper is also focused. You need to pull it at the right time and the right way to create it. So how do you balance the two? Probably any artist of, uh, or and when I say artist, I'm saying a very broad term, which could be painter, musicians, dramatists. Okay, so writers. Okay, so so when you're getting into a space, you need to cut off from the world, right? So, mm -hmm. and you're, it's just you and the art form. And that art form, you're, you know, now this can be a short term art where you finish that particular art form within the next one or two hours. Like, okay, so it could be a, let's say a quick color painting, right? So then order painting is something which, which dries, right? So mm. it dries quickly. So, so you need to paint fast. And if you want to finish that art, or even in watercolor painting, there are people, artists who take a long time. They make huge for months together, right? So. So now, um, so whether the project is a few years or the project is a few hours, okay, they are, during that time, they are with it. Whoever that artist is, is with that particular focus. They can't be disturbed during that time. And they'll find their way, okay, each person finds their way to get cut off with the noise, okay. So, so what happens is, it's like, um, it's like, I would say, like, uh, otherwise, there's clutter, right? There is noise. So my interpretation of this whole thing is, um, if when there's something which is too tiny and too simplified, extremely simple, we can't understand. Okay, so we don't understand the tiniest of things. Like when you're going into the the depths of the atoms, the electrons, and the quasars and stuff like that. So, and you're going more deep. We still don't know, right? We still don't know a lot when it's the tiny objects and the tiny objects do pretty much everything. Okay, so, and if you get into the vastness of the universe and the space, you can't fathom the, the hugeness of this and still don't know what it is. So, so if you see the entropy or the complexity, when the complexity increases, it's noise. It's essentially just noise and you can't figure it out. And if, the, if you remove the entire complexity, okay, then it's too simple. There's nothing there. 
And that's nothingness is also very troublesome, right? So, it's, so in between, we try to make sense. So anything in between, we try to make sense. Like for example, if, if uh, right now I see your image, okay, and um, in the screen, and it is a certain colors and certain values and certain exposure, which is coming there in the form of the pixels. But if there was all the data there, it would, it would become pretty much noise. It just becomes noise, so I can't see you or I cannot hear you, right? So at the same time, it's a super simplified, it would be just a white screen. So either way, it doesn't make sense. It just needs to make sense. And, and during that makes sense is what we interpret. And that becomes art form, that becomes fascinating. So we try to make sense at every point of time. We try, we're trying to make something out. So, so an artist is something who is who's either adding something, like if you're a form of say pottery, you take clay and you add and add and add, all right? So, or you subtract, you take, a, you take a wood piece and you carve out and you make sense either way, right? So, and, and origami is a beautiful form where you neither add or subtract, you just transform the piece of paper. So that's in between. You still need to make sense out of it, you know? So that's what it is. Of all the things that you did, all the different paintings that you did, what drew you so much into origami? Because I remember seeing you first in that workshop and the way you deftly used your fingers for me was fascinating. And this was all virtual and still you could create an impact on, you were talking so easily, but your fingers were moving as deftly. And what you created was sheer magic with that small piece of paper. And uh, the philosophy behind the crease and the uh, no crease moments was what you equated to life as well, which was very deep. So uh, for me, that entire thing that a little seed is a piece in origami where right. the tree unfolds as the years go by was one of the most fascinating thoughts that made so much sense because all of us in the pandemic were connected to nature. So the quickest and easiest example was nature. So where did this depth in and connection with origami and your fingers and you come into such a big play together. Right, okay, so origami is something again, um, uh, these books of Robert Harbin we had, again, part uh, my dad and, uh, and my brother. Okay, so he, they bought this, at that point of time in India, there was only, uh, only books of Robert Harbin, you know, Robert Harbin, origami, one, two, three, four, these were the only few books which are there. And then there was also Kuniko Kashahara's uh, book. So that was a very big book that was so that we uh, big in the sense a size of the book it was like a coffee table book otherwise the uh, other ones were paperbacks so right so so that was the first book which came so and um, since you see uh, you know um, your brother and your father folding and then i got in early so when you uh, when you're catching on you're catching on from there Thing. So obviously you go a little faster, right? The younger generation is always faster than so. So my learning curve was much faster, and I got really fascinated by cracking one model called the Jackstone. Okay, so that was an impossible model at that point of time. Okay, so it was like uh, so I cracked that, and that was like whoa, that was a crazy achievement of whatever it was. So and then, and once I did that, um, once I came into filmmaking, origami was completely gone, right? So, and somewhere in um, in 2011, okay, I was making my film and that's the story which I've told you wherein every single thing came to a, 
to a fantastic moment to where my film stopped. My mom got into, uh, uh, you know, she got into, she had three strokes and TB meningitis in the brain and she was in a vegetative state. And I separated uh, from my uh, wife at that time, right? So, and I got her debt, there was a legal case and every kind of thing happened. And one of the things which happened in the same year was my hand got uh, a median nerve entrapment. So this finger was completely paralyzed. So I couldn't use the mouse. So there, when I, uh, when this was diagnosed, I had to go to physiotherapy every two months. And then uh, my physiotherapist said, you need to do two hand activities, right? So, and uh, so I said, okay, what's two hand activities, right? So, so automatically the idea of bringing back origami, so clicked. So, so I, and then there was a huge gap. I had not been in touch. And origami had gone into some crazy spaces and there's some huge origami masters, uh, which I sh showed you so many of, of them. So, and, and, and origami has gone into something like MIT and uh, it's used in you know, uh, huge industrial applications and scientific applications. So this completely fascinated me and I started doing, and I was suddenly, uh, you know, when I was doing this, uh, friends from the film industry said, hey, why don't we do a workshop? And so it was a fun, fun thing of me just doing workshops and that being kind of became viral. People called me for workshops all over. Okay. And this was like, um, this was like schools, colleges, design institutes, you know, um, just gatherings of all. And then, uh, then it became corporates, right? So, and then I said, okay, why are they calling me and paying me for something which is, which is free on the net? <laughs> okay, so, and it's available in PDF. The instructions are there. There's a YouTube video. I said, at one point in time, I said, you don't need to call me. Just I'll direct you to the video. They still insisted on calling me. Okay, so, so then I was, I was parallelly reading a lot of philosophy and doing a lot of work on that side. So, and then I did not know that I was actually connecting these things. So they were more uh, interested in the way I connect uh, these, you know, using folding and unfolding and how you fold your, you know, how we are folded in a fixed mindset and how you can unfold yourself into a growth mindset. So that became a whole thing. And then I formed an IP or formed a system of coaching system using origami. So, so I am not, a, you know, origami master artist, what I do uh, was connecting uh, your mind or using coaching with origami. So that was the first, uh, that was a kind of an innovation. And I'd love to connect stuff and uh, I do catch a lot of things and connect stuff. So that's, and I find correlations in a lot of things here. So that's what this is. And uh, correlation is what makes life fascinating as well how you're able to bring in the connects and where people get that aha, the epiphany moments where they're like, wow, okay. So uh, how did you find yours? Because you were into filmmaking. And uh, at that time you said you lost touch with origami. So when you're making those films, were you using anything now in hindsight when you're looking at it, were you using any of all of, or all of these to put in together the story element and what you wanted to present. And when this happened and life forced you to take a step back, did you sit and connect the dots backwards, forwards? Did any of that happen? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so filmmaking is an art form where you have to know a lot of art forms, you know, so, and, uh, and you're actually, it's a, it's, you're actually taking a slice of life and looking at life and different people's life and then making a story. 
for which you need to know one the art of storytelling okay and uh, in a visual medium which involves technology so so you need to be abreast with the latest tech and uh, of what is happening right so so it is knowing a lot of things you know so so there are you know people who come from uh, a drama school who purely work with actors and make a uh, you know story to for for the screen and the people who come from design okay so so yeah so that i have both the things in play and whatever I've done. If you, so since that was there, even now, like since I did a diploma in interior decoration, learned perspective drawing way back uh, as a part-time thing. Now that comes into play while you understand perspectives and you understand stuff. And when you're trying to explain somebody, you draw a little storyboard and you're able to make a sketch and stuff like that. So, so somewhere, you know, all that education really, you know, you comes in, you know, so, so, so again, the connection. So you're able to connect anything and everything. And if you're just fascinated by, uh, just like a scientist, a curious uh, scientist or a curious person who's trying to connect every single thing and you're like fascinated by those stuff. So that was, um, uh, so this whole thing of connecting origami to, uh, you know, um, coaching system. So otherwise you find it's very uh, theoretical, right? So how do you make something uh, which is boring into a tangible form? Okay, and and if you show them something, this is oh wow. Okay, <laughs> like so if if a simple thing like I just said that a mountain fold is like climbing a mountain. Okay, and imagine that as a negative thought, and and the valley fold is like you slide down that valley. Okay, imagine that as a positive thought, right? So and and so we now the simple thing of making two mountains and valleys. Okay, and then we just turn it around, turn the paper around. And then it becomes two valleys and mountains. So it's just that you change your perspective in your head that you can make a, um, a, a negative thought into a positive thought. Now, if I was just to tell you that line, okay, that would be difficult. But if I made this paper in front of you and you made it with me, you're interacting. So that becomes so easy to understand, right? So that having a physical form and interpreting these things became a uh, where just like you were fascinated, a lot of other people were fascinated with it. <laughs> and it's also like the first thing is the kiddie thing, right? We all did it in in our childhood. We made a boat or a plane or something like that. So, yeah. so you're still, you're straight away transported from all your inhibitions. To, okay, let's have some, <laughs> let's do something. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I'm very curious, Arvindan. What keeps that child in you alive? You're always so playful. You're always so cheerful. What helped you keep that child in you alive? Because when people deal with adults, when they're dealing with the people and talking, coaching and philosophy, they're serious. But you're able to balance it very simply. You know, you do it a lot more easily than a lot of us struggle to explain. So how do you keep that balance between that child coming out, playing and saying something very deep and then going back? How do you manage that? Are you consciously aware of it or that's who you are? No, that is who I am. I would just, uh, if, you, if you do the Enneagram test, I'm a number seven, okay, seven being eight and seven as somebody who's like a child, who's like a, a Mercurian. So like, so you're fascinated by every little thing. You just, so if you see um, any, a, a child is fascinated you and you're fascinated by a child, but a child doesn't mean a child is not an adult. You can see a child, all alone concentrating on a flower for 
a long time. Okay, so so if you leave the child alone, a child is what we interpret as adults, right? So actually, there is this whole differentiation of a child and an adult is I don't see a difference. Where is the difference? Okay, so so it, the, is the only difference is having a sense of responsibility or having a sense of that you need to earn money. Is that the only only difference? Okay, so or you need to be able to survive on your own. Okay, so so the the day you are able to survive on your own, you become an adult. Is is that it? I mean, so now I I'm coming from the space of having worked with children as a storyteller, and since you are a storyteller as a director, you are a storyteller of sorts, right? It's your interpretation of a story which you are giving the audience, and the audience either laps it up or rejects it. The ones in between are the critics who are the bridges. Uh, the movies that are horrible, there are some critics who give it such great ratings, and the good movies are panned completely. And uh, so, in the midst of all of this, where does the storyteller in you, as a filmmaker, continue to find that urge to put out another story? What is it? You said there are many elements that come out. because i see that translating when you're doing your origami workshops as well that uh, storyteller is there present when you're doing the workshop is there when you're behind the camera but in the workshop you're more in control as the storyteller behind the camera there's somebody else who's interpreting in front of it so uh, do you find any connection between the two yeah see um, like um, if you when you're a storyteller you are telling a story to an audience who's there it's like a and you try to uh, improvise and modify by the reaction of the audience that's pretty much what you're doing in uh, when you're doing coaching as well okay so you're telling something and you're getting a reaction and there's an immediate feedback we do that in stage we do that in storytelling you do that in go in coaching right so okay now um, but in a in a film it's already printed it's done so so you can't modify it further right okay so so that's the i guess that's the only difference between the film as a story and this here it's a live medium where you can interact and change but it but uh, here there's a limitation to what what magic i can create okay the magic is limited to what expressions and what i have and there there is you can you can immerse the person into the world in a little more easier way okay here it would need me a certain amount of attention for you to immerse into my world okay so so that means in in order to get you into my world when i'm live so that uh, i will need to do something right i need to bring you into that world so i need to i need to describe that world and the only tool i have is my face and the only tool i have is my uh, maybe some tools like origami or whatever like tools there but it is limited you can see the space i am in so but i'm suddenly taking you to another space and once you do that it doesn't matter what you do okay it's which what we call call as a hook in a film making term within the first few minutes you have a hook and a plot point right so once the person gets hooked on okay then they buy into your story and then you can tell any you can spin any yarn you want <laughs> okay it's fine but if they don't buy that buy that yarn then then it's not working okay <laughs> you know it's not working so and then in between there's a leap of faith okay so how how much are you pulling this yarn it might snap right <laughs> this happens when i'm doing origami with kids okay and i'm doing origami with adults so so when i do origami with kids there is no yarn okay 
there's no gyan you, because they don't want any gyan they don't want any philosophy or something like that or what is the brain doing and all that so it's it's purely fun on and i would try if it's younger kids i'll try to make action origami so action origami is when you finish the model it will do something okay right so <laughs> it'll actually move or it'll you know a frog which jumps right so <laughs> you've seen that little frog when you yeah, yeah that's yeah. the most uh, it's such a simple model and it's the most fascinating model even to adults you know so everybody wants to do the frog <laughs> okay, so, so that, but uh, uh, to an adult thing i can use metaphor i can just fold one paper and and use it as something else right so but the thing is i need to get them hooked anyway that i guess is any storyteller or anybody who is getting you getting your attention in any form for whatever period of time they need to tell you a, a particular piece and, and the more personal it is the more you get involved if you try to be objective it becomes uh, it's the same thing of that uh, you know that that world which i told you where we were getting posted mm. right so in various places so you get detached and attached right so mm. so you fold and unfold you can use any term you want right so you fold and unfold or you detach and attach or if you're saying that uh, you get personal and you get objective you get subjective and objective right so so when you get subjective it is you are into my story you're into my world completely mm. but it is false everything in the subjective world is false right so the objective world is the truth but it's so boring it's like a simple thing like suppose i say there's a beautiful sunset let's all go and see this beautiful sunset so we go and see that sunset it is a fascinating sight right so it's but now if you get to the objective world technically the sun is not setting okay the earth is revolving and the and the sun is really far away okay and it's just feels that the sun is moving but the sun is actually not moving now this is so boring right okay so when you when you dissect it in the scientific form but that is the truth the truth is very boring okay so, but if you come to the subjective form you look at it now it's completely false the sun hasn't set but it's beautiful it's a beautiful sunset Yeah. So you need to keep going if you so when you talk about coaching you need to tell them the truth which is boring but in order to tell them that the earth revolves i need to first take you to the sunset okay i need to show you that sunset and wow everybody is there they bring their cameras they take their selfies and all that and then i can tell you look the sun doesn't set okay so, so <laughs> if i immediately start with a lecture on what how big the sun is and you know how big the earth is and what the speed of the earth's rotation how is it tilted and it you know the sun actually the earth is actually revolving at the speed there is no sunset it's so boring everybody slept slept by now <laughs> so, yeah okay so here i want you to just try and recall any moment where you had uh, one of those epiphanies of life uh, when you were working with children and did you have any such moment with adults okay epiphany i'm having an epiphany almost every week Yes, so I ha- I'm getting one new idea of some crazy idea, of, and they are superly unique. Okay, it can be a, a, a business idea. It can be as tiny as trying to make a new stuff. Like I made a uh, like we already know what a kanban is, right? You know the kanban. Yeah, yeah. Thing. yeah. So I made a new thing of that you can unfold kanban, that where you can have uh, use origami in the kanban. Now that's a thing which is parked and it's kept. Okay, so it would be out at some point of time. But, but now that's it. now when i learned the kanban i said wow this is a cool thing but why can't we add this little element 
right? So, and that became a unique idea by itself. Now it's, it's parked in Cape Town. <laughs> so, so, now, so there are so many such ideas and so many such, uh, such passionate, and, and I'm living that every single moment. <laughs> so, okay, okay. But with your interaction with children, has there been any fascinating moment for you which you've not forgotten or which shifted your entire thought process of life itself? It's like, uh, if you see the, the rural children, when I've done origami, okay, you generally think that they have never folded paper before and they're probably, you know, struggling for day-to-day -day living, right? Okay, so, and then you're having the same thing, doing it in NCTA or somewhere mm -hmm. where you're, I mean, they've done craft and all that. So you find the rural children, um, they're, they're able to catch the folds much faster than, than somebody who's privileged. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. So, yeah, so that was, that was very fascinating that they, they picked up so fast. I mean, that's something which they know, never done before. No, so. Okay, okay. And uh, what, what you did you dissect, <laughs> yeah, what did you dissect to, to find out what is it? Is it the curiosity element? Because if they're doing it for the first time, they're far more uh, involved? I, I guess so. The curiosity would be one. And second, maybe what you call street smart of, mm. of doing it or, or not being afraid to fail, mm. you know, so, so even if they fail, they were ready to take the next paper and, and do it quick, you know, so, so they didn't care about the number of times they failed where, where a person from uh, an educated kid, okay, is like, uh, I'm not getting it, can you help me? So they're getting stuck more quickly than the, where the self-discovery is much more in a rural kid, yeah, so. Okay, and uh, the stuckness that you just spoke about, uh, I'm sure you see it a lot with adults. You, I'm sure, can uh, decipher an attitude uh, shift that happens when people are getting out of the stuckness, because coaching is all about getting them out of that stuckness. Right. So has origami worked as a metaphor for helping them to I don't know if there's a word in English, but unstuck themselves or get themselves yeah, yeah. out of it. Is something I love that word unstuck. Okay, so so I use my my term is unfold. Okay, so <laughs> called unfold. Yes. So using origami is also work, and I also use like I I told you I use connections. So my primary thing was you've seen this model before. Okay, that's this one, right? You've seen this, mm -hmm. which uh, which is part of the Yeah, but now it's this, very good. Can you please, yeah, yeah. yeah so this is the salt cellar hmm. model, and this is the model which the uh, which I use in the coaching system, which is called the uh, three conflicts, and it has the six quotients. If you unfold further, and you unfold even further, and you get the nine intelligence or the nine types. Okay, right. So, and then you have one quest. So, so this is called the three, six, nine, one system, which I do now. Part of this whole thing is um, now, if you see the colors, which is the red, yellow, blue. Okay. So I use the same colors, which is, uh, which can stick besides the fold and the same thing I, and I have another coaching. Uh, I'm also a palmist. I read the palm. Okay. So, so now I correlated the same colors or the same forms. Now the, the three, uh, conflicts are basically artha, kama, and dharma, or uh, pathos, ethos, and logos, or satchit, ananda. Okay, so or what, how, and why. Okay, so so basically, you will find these three in many philosophies and many yeah. things. Now, if you take the same thing which is not there before, so I put it as the line of heart, line of head, and line of heart. I mean, so line of life, life. right? So, 
So again, the three lines, the three primary lines, and again, you connect those, you can collect those colors to the same lines. So, so now this is one thing which um, I would say, once you connect in to find uh, the only word which I have to the source, okay, you will find any form, you can take any form and tell this philosophy. So it doesn't matter that right now I'm having origami and I'm having palmistry, and I'm actually telling the same principle to, to get somebody unstuck out of it. Okay, right. So, but I could tomorrow use any other form. I could use any other form, which and in a lot of ways, some of my clients have their own their own forms, right? Their own fascination, their own art forms, their own philosophy. So, so it's where that one thing which you told me about. So I'm able to connect to that form. So sometimes when it's a one-to-one, -one, you're able to actually connect to what they are talking about, what they are fascinated. But you'll find that the principle is the same. The 3691 principle, which I've arrived at, is pretty much there in a lot of philosophies. And if you get them connected to that, then, then they will catch uh, their wine and they'll be able to climb out of wherever they are. That's what it is all about. Yeah, well, yeah. this is something, this 3691 was something when you showed it in the workshop as well that I really liked. And how you connected it all was something which really made me want to get onto the platform to understand what you do. And not that I've still got it, I'm still in the process because I think it's far more deeper when you start getting into it, it's at different levels. So, uh, Arvindan, when it comes to the pandemic, the last 20 months, every one of us got reflective and nature became our biggest teacher. She showed us who's the boss. Right. And uh, each one has taken one, uh, one lesson, definitely, yes, from the pandemic. But what have you taken from the pandemic? How has the pandemic shifted you, if at all, she has? Two things. Where, um, I took my, the filmmaking actually stopped. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of my coaching work. And uh, so coaching, which was actually physically happening as a, as a meeting format, became Zoom meetings. So, so one thing to adapt was to, to be able to do origami with a camera. <laughs> okay, right. So, so I had two cameras, but even then when somebody gets physically stuck on a particular model, um, just the folding part of it, forget the philosophies and all those mm -hmm. metaphors and all that. But anybody, when all those happening, they still want to make that model. Everybody wants to make that model in spite of all the exercises and all that. So, so when they get stuck, normally they would come to me and I would show them that I could actually physically hold their model and help them there. Now that doesn't happen, right? So I leave to, so the only way around is to repeat it and show it in different angles in the camera and they have to get it, right? So, so yeah, so that was one, uh, you actually feel that, oh, it's such a simple step. I, I wish I could just come there. <laughs> yeah. right? so, so that, that was one thing, which is, which is there. So otherwise, I mean, as, as an individual, I didn't have an, issue whatsoever i'm very happy with my corner even with before the pandemic i have practiced like lockdown so that, that was fine okay so and i did have the i did have a covid attack myself okay, okay. for three weeks yeah so had the share of being quarantined all alone and learned to cook a little bit <laughs> yes, so, which okay. i had not done before so then because you're your maid is not there and then you're learning to cook and all that. <laughs> so, true, true, true. Yeah, so very, very, and, and then you know, a lot of people were in trouble. So, mm -hmm. and I could see that uh, how suddenly what I used to take for, uh, I mean, it didn't affect me. Like I said, I'm a, I, I think quite a few artists, 
they are they're okay to be alone right okay and uh, and be connected at the same time right so so i have that quality of being mixing and i can still completely be alone and and be fine with that so so people were suddenly having a lot of trouble just being claustrophobic being shut by people mm -hmm. and they used to get so agitated about it and then then connect and open up tell their personal stories and and really trust telling their stories and then wanting somebody to hear so yes so, mm -hmm. so uh, a huge thing yes yes and i i, I feel the pandemic also helped in building relationships and friendships yes. online <laughs> yes yes <laughs> right and though yeah, we, yeah we yeah. never believed that the virtual world could be so powerful yes I, yes yeah so now thing when when i talked about the palm street thing so i have seen more than 6000 palms okay but i have never charged anyone so it was a fun thing my father was new astrology and uh, there was only i used to like i said i never liked maths i never liked equations but there was one book on palmistry which is visual right so so i liked that thing and i used to practice it and tell a lot of things about people and stuff but but it's just only purely uh, you know recreation and not so so i met this guy online in switzerland called brent burning and he is a master palmist who's done some 25000 hands so we did an exchange during the pandemic like he saw my hand and i saw his and uh, and he was completely blown by my uh, my system because i use vedic palmistry i use chiromancy i use uh, circadian rhythms and uh, and i also use um, biorhythms and i also use uh, the dasa system in you, astrology all of this if somebody shows their palm you see all of that yes yes i see all of that yes <laughs> and i also and you can do it virtually yes i do it virtually everything is done virtually yes. oh my god Okay. So, so and so what I so now this was uh, all of this I used to do before also. Okay. So now, but that was some of them were live, right? So now it's easy because it's easy for you to zoom. I'm able to see the photograph. I can go to the finger and actually see that. So and I can take my time to make my analysis. So it was good. So when I did this, he was so fascinated that he said, "This is brilliant. You should you should do this as a practice." Mm -hmm. I said, "Who's going to pay me?" <laughs> so, so he said, "You need to charge one hundred and fifty dollars." And you know, so, and I, you know, I slashed that rate down by you know almost three times. I started off, and suddenly I got like twenty, thirty clients, all just just because I just announced it, you know. So through WhatsApp, not even web. I still don't have a website for the origami. I still don't have a website for the uh, palm reading. Uh, you know, for the palm reading, it's just you know uh, organic and people. and so now the it started a new profession you know all together so everything sitting in the now that happened virtually right how would i know a person sitting in switzerland is and he was my facebook friend and we became very close friends you know so, so oh my god okay boy oh, and i don't think everybody who knows you knows you do this because you don't yeah, talk about this during origami <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, see, you know the origami part of it. You probably don't know my filmmaking part of it. I mean, you know yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Most people yeah. know me only as a filmmaker, and so in the filmmaking itself, people know me. Some people know me as a director. Some people know me as a visual effects supervisor, a motion control camera operator, mm -hmm. so or a projection mm -hmm. technologist. So, so, so that each sector knows something of me. I leave it at that. Okay, when they get to know me, they can know the other part of it. A lot of people after I started charging and became professional. So, You never told me about this. <laughs> I said, "Okay, now there's a price." <laughs> a 
Okay, recently using origami, you've even gone uh, to film sets. So can you yes. tell us that journey? Oh yes, there was a production where there's a production designer. We can't really, uh, since the film is not out, I can't. Yeah, really yeah, name. that's okay. Huh. So, yes. Uh, so basically, the production designer wanted uh, uh, a statue in the middle to be covered with a huge, uh, you know, massive pillar, and so he could have done it the traditional way. And then he said, uh, you know, let's do something on uh, using origami. So so there was an architect. He's also an origami fellow, origami artist and architect. Ankon Mitra and the production designer is Shukant Panigri. So we we connected. We are all all collaborated, and we got this whole thing polyurethane sheets, designed the whole thing, and then got the whole thing uh, laser cut, and then transported it from Delhi, and then we assembled the whole thing in in five days. So this was like one crazy exercise, and then and then lighting design on that. So it became a light sculpture. And it's a wonderful piece in a song. Like uh, until obviously the film is out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but yeah, was this you, something that you ever thought was will be possible sometime? Were you using origami uh, figurines in your movies as well while you were directing? Yes, I have. I have. Uh, I've done. I mean, I've had one of my characters do origami in my own feature film, and uh, also like one of the ad films. They called me for a uh, for a big bazaar commercial. I think so. They where they had. They wanted a towel to be folded, so a cloth to be folded mm -hmm. and look like a man. So they called me. They got to know that I am an origami expert and I'm the filmmaking side. So, so that's where. And then there was one movie where there was a a child who is a, a autistic but does uh, it's a very uh, does origami. So they wanted some models to be shipped. So, uh -huh. so that that's something. So I've done that in in small form at part. But this was a huge thing, and with uh, with Ankon does he's an artist does a lot of these parametric models and stuff. So, okay. so yes, so that was a good connection, good collaboration, and worked really good. Yes. Okay. And as a movie maker, what are some of the languages that you did films in, Arvind? Mostly, I'm known for visual effects. So, in '99, 2000, I did uh, Alai which is Maniratham's. Uh, uh, Satya's original yes, version. Yes, yes, I there was an accident shot, so that was uh, entirely supervised, and uh, I did the visual effects supervision and the effects for that. Now that was a five-second shot, which took about four months to to deliver at that time, and then it was uh, you know first of its kind in, in in India for that level of work. So very realistic and lots of layers, which was shot and handled in SGI computers. So. So that was my step when I was in Chennai. And then I'd worked with Priya Darshan and then I came to uh, Bombay. Then I did a lot of motion control work and that was and, and visual effects supervision in, in that. So that was Muchi Shadi Karege, Gaya, Blaifate, Nana, lots of these films. And latest films were like, I was there in motion control in Tanaji, I was there in uh, Saho and lots of ad commercials doing the motion control operation as well as visual effects supervision for a lot of films. Mm -hmm. Then I directed my own feature, which has not come out yet, and I've directed ad commercials and uh, corporate films. Then I got into also a technology called projection mapping, where I've done six projection mapping shows, which are sound and light shows, where we project on 3D surfaces. We project on large buildings. So and so, right now I'm doing a water screen projection, which is a huge, uh, huge blade of water, and you project on that. So the, these projection mapping things they they take a long time to finish. These are very long projects. So. so. So yeah, so a lot of tech involved in a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. And did the pandemic stop any of this or did it uh, propel your uh, focus on getting it done because it was more technology? So 
was AI, CG, and all that used for all of this? No, no. During the pandemic, everything came to a standstill. The entire film industry or any event industry, any of this was completely because it's the lockdown. Everything was banned. I mean, and if there is no, there's no audience, there's no sound and light shows. That's yeah. done. And, yeah. and shooting gatherings and all these requires a lot of crowd, a lot of technical yeah. people. So, yeah. so we had limitations on. So initially they opened up with a small number, and then we had the second wave, and again, again there was an issue. Now we are completely opened up, but there is precaution about the third wave, which is there. So, yeah. so film industry and event industry was hugely hit during this time. So, so my focus mostly was on, on the coaching and uh, that which was going on. Yeah, or yeah, I mean, all that experience. Yeah, so it opened another side of you for you. <laughs> right, yes. But... As we are leaving, three life lessons, Arvindin, because your life seems to have had so many different dimensions, and I'm sure you have a lot more, but three life lessons that you'd like to leave us with. Uh, like, okay, life lessons, that's a big term to think of. Okay, so um, I would say just uh, be as fascinated as a child or be as fascinated as a, as a cat. Okay, so I think it's the simplest example of how you can be. If you, uh, if you can observe these two of being a cat or a, a, a simple example, like um, a cat is like you take a thread and the cat is doing this, okay? Doing this and it's like a kitten or a cat is immediately and it gets bored of that thread in maybe 30 seconds. After 30 seconds, you put the same thread again. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> yes, it's super fascinating. So, mm -hmm. so it's like, and at the same time, when it needs to hunt, okay, it does a fantastic stealth strategy and there's a kill, right? So it's a completely biological process to make the hunt. And most of the time it's sleeping. <laughs> okay, so, so, so all you got to do is this. <laughs> Everything in life will fall in place. So, so when you need to do something where you need to achieve a goal, then you need to have a, a proper strategy like that cat. Okay, so, mm -hmm. And otherwise you need to be curiously observing every single thing which is happening because everything is fascinating. Anything as boring as a thread to somebody else, which you would call boring to the cat, it's not, it's always fascinating. And whether cat or the kid, I'm saying exactly the same, yeah, right? Yeah. And so those, those two are done, okay. Otherwise, life is very peaceful. Why don't you just sleep, right? So those are three lessons. <laughs> be curious. Okay, so be curious and be exacting in, in the job which you got to do. And, uh, and the third is, is take it easy. This is nice. Okay. <laughs> be curious and take it easy. <laughs> Okay, but thank you so very much, Arvindan, for your time. Appreciate you being so candid in yourself like you always are. And it's so amazing to see somebody so multidimensional. And like I started, I end with it, carrying yourself so very lightly. Very rarely do you find somebody who's <laughs> done so much and carries yourself so lightly. Thank you for being you. And thank you for calling me here, making me special for just being normal and just being curious and making me special, bringing me a spotlight. It's like a cat coming and winning the Oscars. Such a pleasure this conversation has been with you and I and Shetty. Thank you so much, Arvindan, for your Thank time you. and sharing your life. All the very best. With that, we come to the end of this weekly quest of You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in 
to rashmi.thethirdeye at gmail.com. That is R-A-S-H-M-I dot T-H-E-T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E at gmail.com. Come, let's explore this amazing world together, both you and I.